Ja, willkommen. Mein Name ist Peter und ich komme aus uh, East Greenstead in England. Uh, meine Frau ist Sarah. Sarah ist der Sänger in der Band. That's not German, is it? The band? No, never mind. Um, and uh, wir wohnen um, in Berlin, in Deutschland. So yeah, uh, as has already been said, um, we are currently in Berlin on a Berlin adventure. And it's a real privilege to be speaking to you guys this morning in the True Stories seminar stream on adventure. And so I'm going to share a little bit of my story about what God has done in my life and how he's called me on an adventure and hopefully inspire some of you guys on that as well. Whoa. And um, I'm also just going to share a bit about the story when Jesus calls his followers on an adventure and um, look at how uh, God's called us to surrender and go on an adventure. So hopefully you guys are up for that. Uh, I've been involved in youth work probably for longer than most of you guys have been alive. Uh, absolutely love New Day. It's one of our favorite weeks of the year as a couple. And uh, just, to, just to know, young guys, like I know that the sleeping situation is tough. I know the shower situation is tough. Girls, I'm sure most of you, some of you would have got up at six this morning to queue for the showers, yeah? Boys, I know that you just stink generally. Like, I know that's the life of New Day. I know how it goes. I'm pretty smelly this morning as well. It's just, we can just all join in with the fun of New Day. It's, it's totally cool. So um, I, I love New Day. I love being here. So just tell you a bit about my story. So um, uh, as I said, we are currently in Berlin starting a church and we're calling this a Berlin adventure. And uh, our heart, our dream is to start a city impacting church that uh, loves God and loves Berliners. And uh, just to uh, mention, I've got some Berlin Adventure merch down here. If any of you guys are inter interested, you can come and grab this at the end. There's a cool little wristband and a, a keychain, and it's got our website on there. And on our website, you can sign up to a prayer newsletter. At the moment, we're in a season of preparation where we're learning about Berlin, and we're praying that God is going to use us mightily to see many people in the city saved. And so we've recently headed out there, and we're just really excited about what God is going to do. But that hasn't always been my journey. Actually, when I was um, younger, I, I, um, I actually kind of was living this adventure that was built all around myself, as opposed to being built all around God. I grew up in a church that, to be honest with you, at the time was pretty boring. And I thought following Jesus was the most boring thing anyone could ever do. I thought it was just about following rules and just living by this set of things that you had to do or don't do. And uh, I didn't have a relationship with God. I actually turned my back on God. And uh, to be honest, I was the kind of guy that, that wanted to be the center of attention. I was the guy that was trying to get acceptance and friendship from everyone and anyone. And I would do whatever it took to get that attention. I was one of those guys that was trying to get involved in lots of different friendship groups because I just wanted everyone to accept me. I wanted everyone to like me. I was in the sporty crew. I was with the skater kids. I was trying to impress the girls. I was trying to be the tough guy and get in fights, trying to kind of hand out black eyes, but also receive black eyes. I was the guy that at the party would often have too much to drink just because I wanted to be the center of attention. I was living this life that it was all about me. I was trying to get acceptance from everyone around me, and I didn't even realize that the God of the universe accepted me and loved me. Well, what happened later on in my teenage years is I got this job. I got this job as a landscape gardener. I started working laboring, and I worked for these guys that ran this business called Witchcross Landscapes. And if those of you that don't know what landscaping is, you basically turn this complete mess of a garden into an absolutely beautiful garden. And that's kind of a bit of like what my life was like. My life was like a complete mess. There was rubble, there was dirt, it was ugly. 
And then all of a sudden, God broke in, and the thing looked beautiful. And I started working for these guys, and um, uh, worked for these couple of mates that, uh, that were, were strong, they were hilarious, they were cool, and wait for it, they were Christians. And at the time, I was like, what? You're joking. Like, how can you be someone that is cool to hang out with, that is actually quite funny, and like a decent, you know, decent guy to relate to, and be a Christian at the same time. I hadn't met anyone like that up to that point. And hanging out with these two guys, I started to learn that there was more to life than what I was living, and there was more to following Jesus than what I had known. And uh, my friend Pete was one of the guys. Pete was an amazing guy. In fact, one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet, and he'd often told me that. I'm the funniest man you ever meet. And um, he, he was this guy that a lot of his mates were married, uh, had, had these incredible relationships, but he was a single guy. And he was a single guy that was wanting to be married, but actually deciding to, at that time, stay pure. And for me, I thought that was strange. Because a lot of my non-Christian mates, they were just looking to abuse other people in the relationships they were in. But Pete was looking to honor God and be a pure guy. Pete was also a guy that was passionate about seeing miracles. He would talk often during the day about healings and, and the things that Jesus did in the Bible. But Pete didn't just talk about these things. He also prayed for people to get, to get healed as well. And that amazed me. That caught my attention. I was like, man, what is this all about? The other guy, Chris, that I worked for, uh, Chris was, was like a really cool, cool dude. And uh, he was one of those guys that he didn't try and be cool. He was just like naturally cool. You know, sometimes in your friendship groups, you've got the kid that tries real hard to be cool, a bit like I was trying. But Chris was just naturally cool. He was a, a surfer, and um, he, he was just like genuinely laid back and the coolest guy you'll ever meet. And uh, Pete and Chris took me into their lives, really. They accepted me. They loved me. They befriended me, which is a bit funny because at the time I was a bit of an idiot, to be honest. And they invited me into their lives. We used to have barbecues. They'd take me on fishing trips. We used to go on surfing holidays and snowboarding holidays. And seeing God in their lives and seeing how they loved me and accepted me just totally changed my understanding of what it meant to be a Christian. And so I started asking questions about God. I started asking Jesus who he was and reading the Bible. And uh, I did an alpha, a bit like these youth alpha guys are doing, and uh, went on this adventure of what it meant to have a relationship with God. Because up until that point, I just thought being a Christian was boring. I thought it was about rules and do's and don'ts, but then I realized it was about a relationship. I could know God myself, and it was the most awesome thing ever. And to be honest, it was a bit of a setup. Because uh, my dad, my earthly dad, got me this job with these guys. But it was a bit of a setup because my heavenly father also got me this job with these guys. And actually through meeting them and seeing Jesus at work in their lives, I discovered that, that there was more to being a Christian than this. And so we're going to look a bit this morning also at this theme of adventure. Adventure. Here's a definition of adventure for you from the dictionary. It says, an adventure is an exciting journey or experience that is typically bold and often risky. So people that want to go on adventure, they might have this idea of traveling the world, or an exciting holiday, or maybe an amazing career, or maybe when you guys get a bit older, you want to own the perfect home. Maybe for you right now, the idea of adventure is owning that really cool pair of trainers, or becoming a professional footballer like Ronaldo, or we should probably say Kane, shouldn't we, at the moment. Or maybe you want to be like a, a professional singer, uh, someone that is just uh, in, in the kind of pop world. You just, you just want to go on this adventure that the world offers and that is attractive to you. We're just going to look a little bit about what the Bible describes as adventure and what an adventure looks like in following Jesus. And so I'm going to read to you a little story 
from Matthew uh, chapter 4. And this is a story where Jesus calls the disciples. And I, I just, just love what we're going to look at this morning, following on from what Dan just did. I didn't realize what Dan was speaking on, but we're going to look at some similar stuff. Dan was talking about dying to our lives and following Jesus. And that's effectively the adventure that God calls us on, friends. That's the adventure that God calls us on. We're going to look at what it means to die and surrender our lives. And then we're going to look at what it means to go on an adventure and live with Jesus. And at the end, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God is going to use you mightily on a faith adventure that he has for you. And then I'm going to give many of you the opportunity to respond this morning by saying you want to surrender your life to Jesus. And, uh, and um, we're actually going to give an opportunity to respond specifically to baptism, which is also a bit of my story. I'll tell you about a bit more in a moment. But let me read this passage to you. Matthew chapter 4. So Jesus has come to earth. He's grown up. He's been a teenager. He's trained as a carpenter. And now he's started his public ministry. And his ministry is basically going around talking about the kingdom of God. It's talking about the kingdom of heaven, proclaiming about the kingdom of God and demonstrating the kingdom of God. And as he does this, he thinks, I know, I'm going to relationally call some followers, some disciples to follow me and come on this adventure with me. It says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee. Zebedee, try and say say Zebedee. Say Zebedee, Zebedee, Zebedee. Anyway, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. So here we have Jesus inviting these disciples, these followers, to come on an adventure with him. And I love, the, I love the way it says in there that they immediately followed Jesus. They immediately laid down their nets. They were fishermen. Their job was to catch fish. And they immediately saw this guy, Jesus, who invited them to follow them. They'd heard of this guy, the kind of things he was doing, what he was teaching, the miracles he was doing. And he invited them. And if they thought, this guy is worth following. This Jesus is worth giving my life to. I'm going to stop my job immediately. And going for, I mean, imagine what your boss would say if you just walked out. I don't know if some of you guys do a paper round or something and you've got a part-time job. Maybe you get some pocket money at home from your parents and you just turn around and said, sorry, mum and dad, or sorry, newsagent guy, paper round. I've got to immediately go and follow Jesus. And you turn around and you go and follow him. I mean, that's what happened. They stopped their job and they immediately followed Jesus. Also said that they were with Zebedee and his brother was with their father. And immediately they left their father. There was this urgency And this commitment, this call, this surrender to go and follow Jesus. Later on in in the Gospel of Matthew, it, it talks a bit more about what that cost involves. Jesus said this to another guy who kind of wanted to to follow him, another guy that wanted to come on this adventure. Jesus said these words to him. He said, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. There's quite, quite a lot in there. I don't know if you caught that. It's a bit, a bit kind of interesting, some of these poetic words here. Uh, Jesus says that the birds have nests and foxes have holes. Basically what he's illustrating is 
these, these animals, they have homes on the earth. And then he has this conversation with this guy who's ready to follow him, but first of all wants to go and bury his father who's died. But Jesus says to him, no, 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 no. Leave everything you've got and come and follow me. Jesus isn't saying to you and me right now that you shouldn't live in a home. He isn't saying to us that you shouldn't attend a funeral. He's basically challenging what your first commitment is. Is your commitment to this world and the kind of homes that we are building, is your commitment first and foremost to your family and your friends and your relationships and this world, the people that you know, or is your commitment to me? Are you willing to put me first? Are you willing to count the cost and make me your number one? That was the challenge that Jesus had. And this guy wasn't willing to do that. His, his family were more important to him. But Jesus was saying, no, you need to make me number one. And that's a bit of our story. Sarah and me, we're on this Berlin adventure. And we've had to leave our homes. And we've had to leave our family and our friends. And we've moved to another country to start a church to tell the people in Berlin about King Jesus and how awesome he is. And sometimes that's tough, but you have to count the cost. You have to surrender. You have to die to your own selfish ambitions and what you want to do. You have to surrender your life. And uh, baptism is a great illustration of that. Baptism is a great model for us of what it means to surrender and uh, it's a bit more of my story. I was telling you earlier about how I became a Christian, meeting my friends Chris and Pete, and then meeting Jesus. Well, actually, around the same kind of time I met those guys, I was at a youth camp, really similar to this. And uh, someone was talking, similar kind of message that Dan spoke about this morning. And at the end, there was a response. There was a challenge for people to give their lives to Jesus, much like we've just celebrated many people becoming Christians. Maybe you're here just now, and you've just given your life to Jesus. But there was a specific response And the guy basically said, I want you to stand up this morning if you are ready to surrender your whole life to Jesus and if you are ready to get baptized. Now, if you've never been baptized before, basically what baptism is, baptism, there's an element of it that's like a symbol. It's like a sign. It's like an outward sign of what's already gone on in your heart. It's a commitment where you're saying, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin and my old life. I'm dying to that and I'm leaving it behind. And I want to accept you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. And that's what happens in your heart when you become a Christian. But baptism, it's like an outward sign of what's already gone on in your heart. See, what happens in baptism, it's a bit strange really, but it's also really cool, is you get in some water. And uh, some people basically dunk you under the water. Once they've asked you if you've made that commitment in your heart, they put you under the water. And this symbol of going down into the water, it's like you're, you're joining with the death that Jesus died. You know, when Jesus died, he went into the grave. He was in the grave for three days. And when we go down into the water, it's like we're joining with his death. We're saying goodbye to our old life. We're leaving it behind. We're leaving it in the water. And then what happens next, once you've gone all the way down, is you come up out of the water. And what's the first thing you do when you come out of water? What's the first thing you do? (gasps) You take a new breath, don't you? And when you come up out of the water, it's like a symbol of the brand new life that you get with Jesus. It's like that symbol of salvation, this new life that you get in Jesus. It's a symbol that you get to to know Jesus and start this new life with him. But there's a cost involved. Because actually what we do with baptism, when we go down in the water and come back up, is that we're showing God that we're ready to follow him. And often we do baptism publicly. 
Because it's not just that we're showing God, but we're showing the world. We're showing the world that I'm ready to say goodbye to my old life and to follow Jesus. And that's what I did. I stood up in this youth meeting and he said, you know what? I'm fed up of my old life. I'm fed up trying to impress people and get them to like me and accept me. I'm fed up of getting caught up in sin and selfish things. I want to follow Jesus now. I want to give my whole life to him. And so, yes, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to commit to following Jesus and I'm going to go on an adventure with him. I'm not ashamed anymore. I'm not ashamed because I know that the God of the universe accepts me and loves me. And I stood up in that meeting and I went straight home and spoke to my youth leader. And then some weeks later, I got baptized. And I wasn't ashamed anymore. I told my mates about what I'd done in becoming a Christian. In fact, I invited someone into my baptism. One of my school teachers came along and everything changed for me. No longer was I trying to impress other people. I didn't need to do that anymore because the God of the universe accepted me. I'm going to give you an opportunity in a minute to surrender your life. If you've never been baptized, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, you know what? I'm going to count the cost. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to give everything to Jesus. And the final thing, just to quickly look at together, is it's not just about surrendering and dying to our old life. Because when you come up out of the water, you start a brand new life. And you start an adventure with God. Let me just quickly read you a couple of verses. This final thing we're going to look at is adventure. Because the disciples followed Jesus, and it wasn't boring. It was the most exciting thing they could ever do with their life. It was an adventure. Later on in Matthew chapter 8, sorry, Matthew chapter 10, Jesus sends out his disciples to basically effectively go and do what he had been doing. I said earlier, didn't I, that Jesus was proclaiming about the kingdom of God and demonstrating the kingdom of God. And then Jesus was like, okay, you've seen me do it. Now you lot are going to go out and do it. See, some people think that being a Christian is boring. But actually, what you're about to hear here is that it's the most exciting thing you can ever do. Jesus says, sends out the 12 apostles. From verse 5, it says, Jesus sent them out, instructing them, go. Later on, it says, proclaim as you go, saying, the king the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want you just to reach out your hand and grab something. Pretend like you're grabbing something. Yeah? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's available. It's at hand. It's in front of you. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse lepers. Cast out demons. You've received without paying. Give without pay. Jesus sends his disciples out on the most exciting adventure ever. Some of you would have heard about the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11, talking about these people that step into the unknown, going on a faith adventure, but trusting God to do amazing miracles. Heroes of the faith like Moses and Abraham, Joseph and Joshua. In the New Testament, Jesus sends his disciples out on a faith adventure. One of my uh, heroes of the faith, let me tell you about a couple of guys who are my heroes. One of my heroes is a guy called Sam Hanari. And when he was the same age as you guys, um, Sam was so caught up with this adventure. He was so caught up with what it meant to live for Jesus. He went back from a camp like this and asked his school teachers if he could start a Christian camp, a Christian club in his school, sorry. And uh, he, he wanted to start this group where he could basically just encourage other Christians and share the gospel with, with other of his mates at school. And so what he did, he was a bit cheeky, to be honest, because his teacher said, yes, you can start a Christian club. And so he asked if he could stand up in front of his whole assembly and tell them about it. They were like, yes, Sam, you can stand up in front of your whole year group and invite them to a Christian club. So he stood up and he told them about the Christian club. But he didn't just do that. He also preached the gospel. 
He also at that moment told all his friends who God was and how he loved them and how he died for them and how he wanted to give them new life. And you know what? He even went one further. He asked for a response. And many of his mates in their school assembly stood up and gave their lives to Jesus there and then in the assembly. It was awesome. It was great because it meant that a load of people could then come to the Christian club that he was running. What a faith adventure. You might think, oh man, I don't know if I've got the confidence to do that. God wants to send you on an exciting faith adventure. You know, the first time I got to pray for someone and see them healed, I was, I was about your age. I kind of got what the Bible called like a word of knowledge. I thought there was someone in the room that had a back pain. Someone responded to it. I got to lay my hand on this guy's back, prayed for it, and the pain completely went. And this guy was dancing around, jumping around. That is an exciting adventure. But let me tell you about a second one of my uh, heroes of the faith. This is a guy who's a friend of mine. He's a leader in the church in East Greenwich called Pete Cowley. And uh, Pete Cowley is a bit more quiet and a bit more reserved and a bit more uh, kind of just steady, steady guy. But actually, Pete is another hero of the faith of mine because Pete never once rebelled or turned away from God. Pete was faithful. Day in, day out, he followed God with his whole heart and his whole life. He did some exciting stuff as well. But Pete was one of my heroes because he never once thought it was cool to just follow the things of the world. He thought the most exciting thing was to put Jesus first and to follow him and to be faithful. Friends, that is also a really exciting adventure. Sometimes it's tough to do that, but it's also the most exciting thing. We're having a really exciting time at the moment in Berlin, meeting people in the streets. We met a random guy on the underground the other day. He was talking to us. We got in a conversation. He was saying about how he loves to live this party lifestyle in Berlin. He's got lots of mates and this sort of thing. But he said the only thing he hasn't got is true friends, true family. And all of a sudden we were like, oh, actually, that's what we're here to do. Why don't you come around our house for dinner? So this random guy, really big, muscly guy, he's a model, works in fashion. He comes around. We never met him before apart from this U-Bahn. Comes around for dinner and we get to share the gospel with him. Pretty scary, but also very, very exciting. There's so many opportunities we're having at the moment to be able to go on this adventure and share the gospel. But friends, my final question for you is, what does your faith adventure look like? What does your faith adventure look like? Maybe it is like my friend Sam, standing up in, all of, in front of all your mates at school. Maybe it's like my friend Pete, not giving in to the crowd and staying faithful to Jesus. What is the big faith adventures that God's called you on? Maybe it's like me and Sarah is going to go to another country and be involved in starting a church. What are the faith adventures that God has called you on? Because it is exciting to follow Jesus. Maybe you have got the the kingdom of heaven on your heart. You would love to pray for people and see them set free from things. Some of your mates are just struggling with stuff. Maybe you'd love to see physical healing. Just go in the name of Jesus. These are some of the faith adventures that God wants to use you guys in. So let me just finish by saying this. Following Jesus is the most exciting thing I've ever done with my life. Following Jesus will be the most exciting thing that you can ever do with your life. I want to I just um, give an opportunity to respond. I want to give you guys an opportunity to respond. If you've never been baptized and you're here today and you're thinking, what Dan spoke about this morning, everything I'm here about in New Day, I want in. I want to commit myself to following God. I want to follow Jesus. In a moment, I want to give you an opportunity to stand, and uh, we'd love to pray for you. But first, I just think there's so many people in here that God is calling on an exciting adventure. I think there's so many of you guys that God wants to use powerfully with your mates, with your life, with who you are, to share the love of God with those around you. And so if you want to go on a faith adventure, 
whatever that looks like, I want you to put your hand up right now. If you want to go on a faith adventure in following Jesus, if you want to see the kingdom of heaven break out on earth, if you want to see many people encounter Jesus, you put your hand up right now. That is amazing. That is amazing. That is so cool. Okay, I want to pray for you. If you just put your hand up, I want to pray for you. And there'll be some specific things. As I'm praying, I want you just to open your heart because God might speak to you about a specific thing. It might be about a place or a person. It might be about something that he wants you to do, an adventure he's calling you on. You can put your hand down now. I'm just going to pray for you guys quickly. Why don't you close your eyes? It just helps us stop getting distracted by things. God, I thank you so much for these amazing guys in here. Lord, I thank you so much for what it means to be a follower of Jesus. God, we thank you so much for already just seeing people give their lives to you and be changed and transformed. And God, we thank you that that's what you came to this world to do, to change and transform our lives, to rescue us, to give us a relationship with you, to save us from our sin and to give us brand new life. But God, that's not it. (laughs) It's not just that you saved us. It's that you send us on this adventure. Lord, I want to pray for every single person that just raised their hand right now. I want to pray for an exciting faith adventure to stir in their hearts. Lord, that they would follow this commission to go, to go out, to see the kingdom of heaven break out on earth, to share the good news of Jesus. And I'm just going to have a moment of just kind of like peace and silence now. And God, I just want you to speak right now. You love to do that. I just pray, would you put places or people or things on on our hearts that you want us to do? Just right now, Holy Spirit, come and do that. What I want you to do if you put your hand up saying you want to go on a faith adventure is uh, I want you to share with a friend, maybe your youth leader or one of your friends over over lunch and tell them, this is the faith adventure God is calling me on. I want you to share with them saying, God is telling me to go and do this. And I'm a bit nervous, but I'm also so excited because it's what he's called me to do. So whether, if you've got a time where you share stuff at your mealtime over this camp or just want to grab your youth leader and pull them aside, then I want to encourage you to do that. But also just before we go, I think there's some of you that are just we'd love to pray for you quickly. And uh, it says in Colossians about baptism, it says this, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith, in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. It says, you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Talks in these verses about how when we're baptized, we're buried with him. But how when we're raised up, we are raised to new life with him. And uh, I, just, I just want to give you an opportunity right now, just like we've just done in the morning meeting. I want you to be really brave. If some of what you've heard this morning has excited you to say, you know what, when Jesus invited those guys and they immediately gave up everything, they gave up their jobs, they, they weren't fussed about getting caught up with things of this world, they just wanted all in. Actually, yeah, I, I want to be all in for God and I want to be baptised. And then I want to invite you to be really brave and courageous and say, you know what, part of this testimony, one day I'm going to stand up in front of my church and my mates I want you to stand up right now. So if you want to get baptized, you know you want to follow Jesus and you want to get baptized and surrender everything and go on a God adventure. You go and clap these guys, they're standing. Excellent. Praise God. Praise God.